Pontiac Garcia, quick touch pass. This is a great overlap run. Here come the Dynamo, coming towards the goal, and a chance, and it's a finish, and a beautiful one at that. And the eventual finisher, Pontiac Garcia. Now it comes to Morales, right sideline for Harvey, and now there's a pushing and shoving match, and now Ricardo Clark and Alex are into it with Pedro Morales. Pedro Morales and Alex have both received automatic red cards for violent conduct. Chara will take this corner kick for Vancouver. Floats it near post. Double deflection came to the top of the box. time this afternoon at BC Place. The Whitecaps won, the Houston Dynamo won. I took a pill in Ibiza. Kroos takes the free kick, swung into a great area and it's been turned in. And it's Sergio Ramos. Gabby, Juan Franz continued his run. Great ball in, equaliser! It's Carrasco who's leveled the game. It is Ronaldo to win it for Real Madrid. Man for the big occasion, Cristiano Ronaldo scores the winning penalty for Real Madrid. It's their day yet again. UEFA Champions League winners for an 11th time. Yeah, I got to give it to Rosie right here because that was, we, we, we took a turn there, a hard turn. We took a turn. And it went very Euro on all your asses with the Champions League highlights there. Oh, a special evening to you all. Hi. It's off the pitch right here. TSN 1040. TSN1040.ca. I'm Mike Martinego. Hope you're well. That's Rosie over there. He knocked it out. I, I, you know what? I, you know, I, I talk about Nephew Dom from time to time. You know what? Illegitimate Nephew Dom. Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Take care of him right now. We don't need him. That was fantastic. Thank you. And which, which was I just, I, we have to throw it out there because guess what? It's our show. We can do this. I got here and you asked me a question prior to the show starting. Yeah. And my answer, because I'm kind of stupid sometimes, and I said, no diggity, no doubt. And then you paused for about five seconds. And then you said, what did you just say? And I said, what? No diggity, no doubt. And then you kind of went quiet on me, laughed a little bit, and then went quiet. And then oddly enough, that was the intro. Yes, that I've been working on since 8, so there was no way you could have known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was scared that maybe I was putting that over the air. So I was thinking to myself, uh-oh. Carl Lewis. I'll and make up for it now. Exactly. No, that that is really weird. That is, and and you know what? The listener, whether they're listening to this tomorrow, right now, live, they don't care. But nope. I just wanted to talk about that. Twilight that, Zone. That was absolutely messed up. Wow. Um, that was well done. You read my mind there with the Black Street. Um, busy edition of OTP here. No shortage of things to talk about in this world called soccer. I think I've been able to track him down. Paul Chapman of the province, he's going to join me at about maybe 9.30. He's not too busy for us. Happy will 
give us some time. Uh, I'm, I'm alone. Well, Rosie's here, but I'm alone in studio. No squeaky chair tonight, everyone. Listen to this. Oh, a little bit there. But the, I'm, I'm actually staring at the squeaky chairs. I picked out a better chair. The sponsorship with WD40 has ended. Um, so we're going we're gonna to manage with this better chair tonight. So this chair will likely not make an appearance. Uh, but I'm looking at the rundown here. There's Euro 2016, which is less than two weeks away now, people. Copa America in, what, a week's time? Less than? June the 3rd? That's a Friday. UEFA Champions League final yesterday. As you heard in the opening, some of the highlights, and actually no lowlights. There was no Antoine Griezmann penalty miss. But, as you're well aware, Real Madrid winning in penalties. It was so boring, everyone. How many tweets did I see of that yesterday? Because every final is going to be off the charts and be full of magical moments. That's how it always works, right, people? Um, Lots of MLS to get into. I have to talk about Sebastian Jovinko. Um, Oh, I, I, I could spend nine hours on this topic. He has been my subject of the week on Twitter, so I will talk about him. Oh, yeah, and the Vancouver Whitecaps were vic. No, they weren't victorious. No, no, they weren't. They they drew yesterday against the Houston Don't Call Me Dynamo Dynamo. One uh, one at BC Place. Huh, that yes, they're under undermanned. You could say different look. Really a lot of different players in. Something we talked about last week on the program about how, well, what are they going to do now? And I went on about Jordan Smith and maybe the lack of confidence that the Caps, Robbo, had in him. Well, they had to go to him with Fraser Errett on the shelf. And it's not going to all be about Jordan Smith here. He was okay, actually. He... Had some moments in the first half, but as the match went on, he kind of went with it. He was he was okay on the whole. I you know I think some some stats were touting that he had a game high eleven tackles. Well, that's great. Okay, you know it's the second highest total of any MLS player this season. That's wonderful. He also took a red card against Sporting Kansas City earlier this year. It's you know <laughs> a little give and take here. He he was not he did not make some great plays in that first half. He looked lazy at times. Very interested about his uh, future and what the Caps do with him. Because when I see him, I don't always see a fullback. But this isn't the Jordan Smith show. Andrew Jacobson coming in. We talked about that a week ago, where with Pamo Duka, how, for lack of a better term, how poor he was a week ago. And yes, there were you know that second penalty. Uh, that he conceded himself. Of course, the third one took place during this show when he tripped me up. But in the second penalty, um, that probably wasn't. So now he's out with an injury. So Andrew Jacobson slides in uh, with Tim Parker. Lots of changes. Octavio Rivero draws back in. Blas Perez off on international duty. Masato Kudo um, dealing with a broken jaw. 
uh, lots to dig into in this game. Robbo's subs, time-wise, bit of a head-scratcher, you'd have to say. And then, of course, the always popular, and by that I mean you really never see it, not often anyways, the old double red card that took place. In the 42nd minute, 1-0 at the time for Houston, and Alex and Pedro Morales pick up red cards. Um, yeah, a lot a lot to, you know, on the whole, I suppose a point is all right considering they're undermanned, but I said it afterwards, yesterday's match, that they've played eight home matches now. You do the quick math, which I'm great at. It's 24 points. They've taken 15 from 24 points. They've only lost once on the beautiful turf of BC Place. That's not bad. Considering the parody in Major League Soccer, that's pretty good. They've only won four times, though. Four of the eight. And digging deeper, you know, the only loss, well, it came 11 v. 11, the home opener against the Montreal Impact. And that's obviously a, was a bump in the road to start the season. Blah, blah, blah. Three draws along the way. They ended up on 10 men. Sporting Kansas City, LA Galaxy, and then yesterday. Now, the difference yesterday was the fact that, oh yeah, their opponents were also on 10 men. All said and done, I think you got to be honest with yourself and say, and, and despite the lack of players and the, and the depth of the squad being tested, you have to kind of admit blown opportunity for the Caps. Because earlier in the week, midweek even, Houston, um, and, I, and I like how they worded this one. Because I, I, don't, I think they both had conflicting stories, actually. That they parted ways with Owen Coyle, or he parted ways with them, or it was a mutual thing. Um, initially, what I saw was Owen Coyle wants to move closer back to home. Um, and... It's obviously a big journey for for him with his family being overseas. I also think that Houston wanted him to move back home. Um, Owen Coyle hasn't been good there. And as I've mentioned prior, previously here on the program, not a huge fan of Owen Coyle for what he has, what he did, not so much has continued to do, but what he really started with Bolton Wanderers in England as they fell as he led the way for them in the Premier League. This is a former Premier League manager, Owen Coyle. Bolton was relegated under his watch. They've since been relegated down to League One. Holy crap, that's awful. But, um, so, whatever way you want to put it. Houston goes to Vancouver on Saturday with, I'd say, quite a bit of kind of crap hanging over them. Well, they don't have their manager coach, whatever you want to call him. They have an interim filling the role. Um, they are a bad team. So you would think, and again, despite the lack of players from a Caps perspective, that they were ripe for the picking. Wasn't to be. <laughs> Was not to be. As the Caps at times, I thought, had some difficulties with Houston, especially in that open, opening 45. 
and in a sense when you when you look at everything you could almost expect very much like uh, you just knew yesterday in the Champions League final when it was in penalties and I think on the whole over 120 minutes and I'll go back to the caps in a second but you just knew when you saw penalties the way they were lining up 4-3 at uh, Real Madrid Juan Fran steps up maybe a bizarre choice there he goes off the post. Who's the next taker? Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course, he's going to win it. He's going to seal it, right? It's, it's, just, it's just perfect. So you would expect that with, all, with this team coming to town and all this, I don't know, controversy, but a lot of crap hanging over them, that it could be, I don't know, air quotes, trap game perhaps. And in the end, it kind of was. The Caps have a tendency to do this. They've played Houston great at home over the years. But they have a great tendency to play down to the opponents. I mean, I think back to times of, uh, what, an undermanned RSL, I think. I think to Chivas USA. Oh, yeah, that club when they existed. But you think back to the times like that, where it's like, oh, look at this team. They're terrible. Look where they sit in the standings. They come to Vancouver. They leave with three points. Fortunately for the Caps, they still got one. They had loads of chances in that second half. I think you can give a lot of credit to David Osted, who made a fantastic stop to push one off the bar and out. You know, David Osted, the one of the worst goalkeepers in the league. Um, what? But overall, a blown opportunity, I'd say, for Whitecaps FC. Octavio Rivero, everyone, scored a goal. Some would call it a golasso. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not. Marek Hamsik today for Slovakia against Germany, golasso. Octavio Rivero, nice goal. Good goal. I think he mishit it, in all honesty. <laughs> Where it ended up in the net, how it curled away from Houston Dynamo uh, goalkeeper Tyler Derrick. Looked great. I mean, there's at the end of the day, there's no style points on the goals. I mean, Rivero knows that, as he's tapped one in from six inches out, or he scored one against NYCFC. But the fact that he scored a goal where he took a shot and it beat the goalkeeper proper, I think is a is a big for, a thing for him now. Two goals on the season for him. What do you say about the refereeing from yesterday? Um, questionable. Very, very questionable, Drew Fisher. Now, why is he a baby? <laughs> now, you're being a baby for whining about the refs. Me? Yeah. Me? Oh, you should see the fans. I, you know what? I don't... I, Rosie, I look at these things, and I, I can take a step back. I know some people were shouting yesterday when... Alex went in on Pedro Morales on a, on a pretty hard challenge, and they said, well, it should have been a yellow there, and then Pedro, who pushed him afterwards, should have got a yellow, and then Alex could have got a, should have got a second yellow. So then, well, of course, advantage Vancouver at the end of the day, right? Funny now, how that works. Oh, I know. Well, who, why, why, the fans, they would never do that. Um, really, in, in that situation, double red, no. Double yellow, yeah, I would think so. And I know afterwards people were saying, well, I paid great money to watch the game and 
MLS pro referees, they take it away from us because they reduce the teams to 10 aside. Really? Really? I Let's be honest here. Was the referee not great? Yes. You're right. It wasn't great. We've seen this usually week in, week out. But we have to be honest about another thing. And I think... And he's not a guest on the show tonight. Ed Willis of the province touched on this. He usually covers hockey. So he went out to the Cavs game yesterday. Maybe he was there. I don't know. I wasn't there. But he, he wrote a, a column afterwards about the Cavs game and talked about the Cavs issue with discipline. And I know a lot of people want to shake their fist and say, what are you talking about? No, he's pretty accurate. I mean, let's. I, I I tweeted about this, and I think I'm just going to say Ed Willis stole my stats afterwards. I'm just I'm just going to say it. But I tweeted after the match, or I think it was during, maybe in like the 80th minute. But the Caps' discipline record this season, and I don't lose sleep over things like this, but their record is terrible. I mean, they're essentially thugs. They've played 15 matches, and. They've taken six red cards. Like, that's a great percentage. And if you take it a step further and you add the four retroactive bans that they've picked up this season, I'm going to test myself very quickly. We have Bolaños early in the season. They had they, what they had three early on. Bolaños, Froze, Kudo, and then kind of more recently, Kakuta Mane, late April match. So that's four retroactive bans, six red cards. It's not official, but that's essentially 10. And Kendall Waston is going to get additional discipline on what he did a week ago to Deron Espria of Portland. So let's just say one more. That's 11 in 15 matches like that's a staggering number and i've been i've been closely watching the mls disciplinary report and discipline page over the past i don't know five or six days and the caps are far and away the worst disciplined team in mls now what i was also stunned to kind of comprehend from everything is the team disciplinary points and how much of a big role they can play at the end of the regular season schedule. There's nine tiebreakers. It's actually kind of stupid when you look at it, but there's nine tiebreakers. And that what comes down to goals four and, but the fourth one down comes down to disciplinary points. And the Caps right now, from a team perspective, I was going to say they're thrashing the league. No, they aren't. But they're at 325 points. They only are four clear on the Colorado Rapids. There's a point system, as I talked about. Yeah, what you get, um, I think it's a point for every foul in a match and three for a yellow and seven for a red. If there's additional discipline, that's eight. So... I'm not going to look back, look back at the entire match report from yesterday, but there were yellows, there was a red. 
they're just adding to this total. Colorado is only four behind them at 321. Seattle, on the flip side of everything, 176. Columbus in the east is at 152. The fact of the matter is this. The Caps definitely have a discipline problem. Are they being watched more closely than others? Others being other teams? Maybe. But I don't know if we're really shouting conspiracy in all of this. Was yesterday questionable? Of course. But I think, I think there's a bigger issue at hand here. So now you have guys off on international duty in Waston, Bolaños, Perez. You have a guy out due to injury in Masato Kudo. And now you have, well, even more, really, if you want to go down to Fraser, Erdogan, Pamoduka. And, oh, yeah, now you have a guy who's been suspended a match in Pedro Morales. Could that be reversed? Perhaps, if they want to appeal that one. But really, they're not, going to, they're not going to appeal any red card. They're going to appeal a red card that they think they have a shot at winning. Kendall Waston's from a week ago. Some people on social media were screaming they have to appeal that. And I, I think I asked this of you on the show and on social media. I asked, guys, are you drunk? He can't do that. The club, Waston has since apologized. Not necessarily for doing that to Espria, but just kind of just the tackle. I mean, he didn't really care for Espria. He just said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, Robbo's acknowledged it. Bobby Leonard Doozy, and I said this on Friday on Twitter, Bobby Leonard Doozy in an interview with Matt Sakaris and Blake Price at around 10.30 on Friday morning stated that Waston picked up additional discipline and he in the first portion of the interview early on in the interview he pretty much well i'm looking for the exact quote but he acknowledges that there's one more game that's what the way he worded it he said the tackle was reckless the red card was deserved even the additional one game was probably justified now, Major League Soccer hasn't come out and acknowledged this. They haven't said anything about it, which is classic MLS. We might find out by next week. Um, the Caps haven't said anything. Leonard Doozy later in the interview with Matt and Blake, kind of, he didn't pull back, but I think it just went under the radar the first time that he mentioned it. So they said, or they asked, have you heard anything? And he's like, well, no, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> so I think he, he may have slipped up. Maybe it's worse than two. I don't know. But Leonard Doozy initially said even the additional one game was probably justified. There's a bit of an issue with this side. I mean, you can, you can go on and on about how you play hard and, and you're maybe a bit on the edge and, you you want to be strong, and as they always say, you want to get stuck in. But it looks as though you're kind of crossing a line now. Because you've picked up six red cards in 15 matches. And again, that is a staggering number. And you're not doing any yourself any favors along the way. Because you've been reduced to 10 men. 
in three home matches. And what what's the, the classic term about home matches? Well, your home field is a fortress. Well, if you've won four from eight at home, it's not necessarily a fortress, is it now? Some pretty stunning numbers, really, in, in the grand scheme of things for the Caps. And, and that discipline record. Great goal by Houston in the 20th, by the way, by a... Uh, I mentioned it yesterday. I think he's now 84 years old, DeMarcus Beasley. Seems like he's been around forever. But a great goal, great little fake as he pulled back off of Tim Parker and went uh, up high on uh, David Osted to make it 1-0 at the time. I will give the Caps credit, though, for this, is the fact that they've been, well, they've been, they usually concede at first. Um, but when they fall down a goal, they tend to fight back. And they've been doing this. After the break. So marks to them for that. But again, missed opportunity on the whole yesterday against uh, against Houston, a side that had been struggling, a side that really shouldn't have come into Vancouver to take points. And they got one, and what, late save by David Osted in the 87th. Absolutely fantastic in his 100th match as a Vancouver Whitecap. Stunning stop off a header by David Horst, but he got some help from the uh, from the crossbar, the woodwork. So Caps could have fell in this one. Caps had a lot of chances too. But as I've said it already, on the whole, uh, not the not the best performance by Vancouver at home. Next up for them, the old ACC. As they take on, I love all the teams in Canada. There was, I think, a Winnipeg Fury. There's an obviously an Ottawa Fury now. And that's who they got this Wednesday. When they go to Ottawa, first leg, a week later, back at BC Place. Ottawa, who dismantled FC Edmonton over two legs. TFC in Montreal on the other side uh, for to play for the... Uh, Voyageurs Cup. Some more Caps discussion. MLS as well. Don't worry, I will get to Sebastian Jovinko. Paul Chapman appears to be ready to go. He will join me on the other side of a break. I'm on Twitter, by the way, at Mike Martinego. This is Off the Pitch. It's right here on TSN 1040. Chappie, if you want to be in the gang, you have to be cool like daddy. Back to the Real Housewives of Dallas here on TSN 1040. What? TSN1040.ca. Mike Martinego with you. On Twitter, at Mike Martinego. When you hear tires screeching, those, those wheels going, there it is. Watch out, Chappie. Watch the hell out for the car. You think of Paul Chapman of the province and province.com as he uh, joins me now on OTP. Did you did you avoid the vehicle? 
I did, but that's you know that could be the theme song for Vancouver all these days, especially when we get a little rain in, on on the weekend like we did yesterday. Just a little. It's like people forget how to drive. <laughs> they they sure do. Hey, how glorious was that yesterday? It was beautiful yesterday. Um, I mean, look, sarcastic. I, you know, everyone's <laughs> saying. Uh, oh, we needed it. I don't mind it for a day. It sucked. Okay, <laughs> like frankly, it sucked. It was awful. Uh, it just happened to be my my daughter's grad, so uh, they had big parties planned and everything else. So the one oh. the one rainy day in the last month, yeah, it's, we've had a good run. But you know, you got stuff planned on a day like that. It's it's not fun. Congratulations to your daughter, an avid listener of OTP here. Oh, she is. She, well, she is a huge soccer fan. She had, <laughs> it, uh, has played all her life as a Liverpool nut. And, uh, yeah, happy birthday, Fiona. Right. next chapter of her life. And I'm Boom. sure it all makes me feel old. Yeah, yeah, we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, I, I was saying, as, as you, of course, were listening, the Caps, uh, you know what? Despite their depth being tested and injuries and international duty and blah, 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 um, the fact that Houston comes to town and their lousy manager, Owen Coyle, has since left, uh, they were ripe for the picking. And the Caps, in, in my opinion, kind of blew it. It's been the story of the season, Mike. They've had, when they've had opportunities, um, you know, to to get some easy points, uh, they haven't done it. And then you maybe look at them and saying, oh, they're, you know, they're in a really tough spot here, you know, whether it was the game against L.A. with 10 men or certainly when they were going into Seattle early in the season after a rough start, and they get this, the sort of the results maybe that you expect and the ones you do expect, um, you know, they, they let themselves down, but it comes down to goal scoring with this team again. And, you know, once more, if David Osted doesn't bail them out, that's a loss, not not a tie. And it's easy to look at the standings and maybe let that paper over the cracks. But the, the bigger issue for me is it's this goofy MLS schedule again, and you look at the teams that are behind them and the games they have in hand, and the West is just as tight this year as it has been in years past. And those two points will come back to haunt this team, I can guarantee it. I uh, I, I said this in my opening here, and, and I appreciate it because uh, Ed Willis at the province, he doesn't necessarily um, uh, cover a lot of soccer, but he did an article yesterday, and by did I mean wrote, and he <laughs> wrote an article about the Caps' discipline problem that I was going on about in the opening. Um, they have now taken six red cards in 15 matches. Like, this, this is staggering stuff. You don't see that many in such a short period of time. Yeah, and, and you know, that falls at the feet of Carl Robinson. And um, I like Carl. I think uh, we've talked about it before on the show. I think that he's a guy long-term. Um, to be here for them, but I, look, I remember Arsene Wenger going through a ser- uh, some very similar patch with Arsenal. Uh, his team just couldn't stop picking up cards, and he was questioned about it, and he was awfully defensive, and so you know claimed it was the referee or just a bad situation, but the team had a discipline problem, and part of it as well, Mike, is not just picking up super stupid cards, it's can they keep their heads under pressure? Because a lot of their cards are that. You know a guy like, like Matias Laba is going to pick up yellow cards. That's his game. You know, you write in a couple of suspensions during the year when they're going to come. Hopefully he can, you know, temper himself when he knows he's on the line, depending on what's coming up. Um, Kendall Waston's last week, I know that you'd already covered that. That was just dumb. Whether he heard the whistle or not, it was a scissor tackle from behind. It's a red card <laughs> on disgusting. or not. It was disgusting. absolutely you, disgusting. Yeah, but and the, the the bigger tenor of that was he was frustrated, the team was frustrated, and there may have been some bad de- well, there were some bad decisions leading up to that point, but that I think that's the concern for Carl Robinson, 
and the rest of his team is if you can't keep your head when things are going sideways on you, you're not going to get that last-minute goal. You're not going to be able to, to come through in the playoffs when all that pressure's on you. They have to do a job between now and the end of the year. And this, this isn't just this year. You know, we, guys like Waston pick up dumb cards all the time. Morales yesterday, look, that's, you could, they, were, they were lucky that it would you know, one guy for each side, but yeah. you cannot raise your hands to a player. It's an automatic red card in pretty much every league you play in, um, outside of some of the Eastern European leagues. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is an epidemic, and it is hurting the team. And guys get suspended, and they're not there for the next game and the next game and the next game. It does add up. Last one on the caps here, Chappie, and that is, and I didn't get to go into detail on this one, but this was there was a little bit of rage i think uh, as the match progressed yesterday because the caps in a they've come back from a goal down rivero in the 52nd it's 1-1 they're getting some chances but they're not able to find that finish and robo waits all the way till minute number 79 to make his first switch then makes two more but in the 89th slash 90th um there i think there has to be a question or two there about how he used his substitutions yeah and and it's kind of a cliche to say when you look, if you have a fast, a couple of fast guys on the bench, that if you can run a team like ragged and then bring them on, uh, bring on a fast guy at a certain time and try and take advantage, you know, it's not, it's, it's never that easy. You know, you can have a formula. It's about reading the game and it's about where you see your matchups and who you think will bring energy. But it's really hard. Like even the top players, Mike, you know, they they may only see the ball. If you're talking about a four, they may only see the ball a handful of times during the game. You can't expect a guy to make an impact um, that late in the game. You're absolutely right. If you're going to give someone time to get into the game from a rhythm point of view, or you you don't like what you've got, he talked about how the first half they were terrible. They weren't at the races. Well, that's maybe when you make a sub. I think we saw it in the Champions League final. We saw. You know, subs used to great effect um, by both teams with completely different strategies. And again, that's a that's a sort of a be all end all final. You may be looking at things a little bit differently there, but one sub can change the game completely in the in the right position. And you're 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 absolutely right. I think that this, unfortunately, last year a lot of things that fell right for the Caps, they're right on the edge here, and they're falling the other way this season. And that goes down to coaching decisions, coaching performance, goal scoring. And again, I point out, if it wasn't for David Osted, this team would be in serious trouble right now. It's Paul Chapman of the province, province.com here on uh, OTP. Uh, you kind of segued very nicely to the uh, Champions League final, and you made reference to Atletico Madrid, who uh, uh, made a substitution in the 46th, just on the other side of halftime. Yep. Yannick Carrasco coming in, and he played an influential uh, role uh, in that match. He scored the equalizer in the 79th. And, Atletico, and they came out on fire at the start of the second half. Absolutely. It wasn't just him, but it was the definite rethink at halftime that made a difference. And I was going to say, which was so bizarre, because in that opening maybe 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes of the match, they were so flat. And yeah. that, that's what was almost shocking, really, is that how behind they were and let Real take the match to them. And, of course, Sergio Ramos... Uh, uh, questionably, I, I still think it was Gareth Bale's goal, by the way, because it looked like Ramos didn't get a touch on it, um, and he looked like an offside position, but he was giving credit the goal in the 15th. Real, uh, they, they get on the board first, but as we mentioned, uh, Carrasco enters along with a couple of other substitutions very late in the match, too, but he equalizes. Game on, and in the end, um, Ronaldo, who really wasn't around for most of that match, 
And I'm not going to go down the, the, the whole narrative of how he's not a big-time player because I think he is very much a big-time player. But it looks like he's a guy who is dealing with is injury. He's a big-time player? Yeah. I think he is. You don't think so? Uh, I think it's fair to ask the question. Internationally, he hasn't scored in his biggest games. His, his Champions League final performances have not been memorable whatsoever. And okay, he scored a penalty yesterday, but um, look at the percentage of goals. He racked up a ton of goals this year. He tends to get four or five goals in the games against Ibar, which they win 9-0. <laughs> hasn't had a lot of great uh, Classico games lately. Um, be, be, so I'm not, nice saying to... he's, I'm not saying he's not a big game player, Mike, because he's obviously one of the most special talents we've ever seen. But... He hasn't put on the show when the chips are down, like a lot of the other names. Like when you, we, we, he's putting himself in the conversation with players like Zidane, and you look at Zidane's performance in Champions League finals and headbutts aside, uh, World <laughs> Cup finals. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thankful that you mentioned the headbutt. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's and it's a fair question. I, I I'm, look again. He's a spectacular player, and they wouldn't have got anywhere near the final. Um, without him but there there is a, an opinion out there that he's a bit of a flat track bully oh yeah but i will say this in the past two champions league finals cristiano ronaldo uh, for me has been injured um two years ago he certainly was yeah, well two, i think maybe he's played too much two years ago he certainly was because we saw in the yeah. world cup that he struggled big time he still i yeah. think scored a couple goals along the way as portugal uh, looked really underwhelming in 2014 in brazil but he was injured when he got there. And I said it yesterday after the match, it wouldn't surprise me if Cristiano Ronaldo came out afterwards and said, I can't do it for Portugal because he looked so off the pace. And we know what kind of season he's had on the whole. And let's not forget, in 2013, he did score a hat-trick. He single-handedly beat Sweden to get to the World Cup in a playoff. Yeah. A qualifying playoff between a couple of mediocre nations who finished, what, fourth <laughs> in the group? No, I know. Look, he's, he's a spectacular player, and that's why I say that it's not... It's not a complete legacy of um, choking in a big game, but, I mean, you go back to the Champions League. He won with Manchester United. He was awful in that game. He missed a penalty in the penalty shootout he there. Um, you claim he was injured, but he wasn't a huge factor in the other one against Atletico. It, again, it's it's the complete package. There's a lot to be said about one game. I mean, do you say Messi isn't a big game player because he was a pretty much a non-factor in the World Cup final? No, you don't. I mean, he's... He has done it in Champions League finals and other other moments. Oh, definitely, but yeah. As as Ronaldo said today, it's people like me that will question him. That we're just jealous of how good he is and everything that he does. And uh, anyone who questions that he's slowing down is just jealous of everything he's achieved and who he is and how great he is. Did and uh, all that's true. Did, I am extremely jealous. <laughs> well, and we can't control the ego that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Hey, did you enjoy Pepe's antics? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Is there, it, is there not a guy more hated? Uh, he, yeah, he's he's definitely in that conversation. Uh, but is he effective? Um, that's his game for, for the most and, part. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's why it's why people like you and I who love the sport and watch it and follow it and have followed it for years, and then someone who doesn't really like soccer makes fun of it, sees Pepe, and they go, "See." And you kind of go, yep, you got me there. Um, yeah, he's it's it's what he does, and it's that you know there's that's the it's so funny that divide between uh, Real and Barca, and you know the personalities of the cities and within that country. There's just something about Real Madrid. I can see it if you are a Madrid fan, how much you love it. But the personalities of guys like Ramos and Pepe and Ronaldo. 
man, if you're on the other side of it, you can really see how they grade on people. Oh, definitely. Um, and same with Diego Simeone of Atletico oh. Madrid. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Diego Costa, who was there as well. Um, let us uh, let us uh, wrap up here with uh, a little Euro 2016. I think I've, a- I've asked you this before. Oh, just, you- just before we do get to that, Mike, I, I just have to acknowledge something you did say on Twitter yesterday. And yes, that it's, it is such a shame that Atletico didn't win because it just would have put into the conversation more one of the greatest goal celebrations of all time. <laughs> uh, was I, I don't have her name in front of me, but Miss Belgium 2013 after Carrasco scored his goal. He yeah. races over, great goal, races over, finds her, I think, in the first row, and makes out with her. Yeah, doesn't brilliant. just kiss her, doesn't just give her a kiss. They were fully going at it. Oh, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's going to go down in, in for the next long period of time for one of the better goal celebrations that you'll yeah, ever Yeah, Chad see. Johnson thought that that was excessive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Euro 2016, you, you've told, I think you mentioned this before, you don't fully hop on board with the England train. Do you? Well, no. I mean, I think you always have to. You always have to have a wait and see attitude with England because when you looked at the collective talent that sort of came through with the Beckham years, you know, in a, to Michael Owen, Scholes, and then obviously Gerard Lampard, Terry, Ferdinand, all those players, Rooney on the on the latter end of that, they always looked like they were going to do something, and they're terrible. Even getting to the quarterfinals of or, or the round of sixteen of most, you know, either the Euros or the World Cups. Um, but they would look terrible getting there. They never look convincing. And I just do not believe in Roy Hodgson as a manager. I think even if they have a great collection of talent there, and you see Rashford scoring a goal on his first international touch with the senior team in their friendly the other day, you know, there's all this cause for optimism. They do have some good young players. It is, you know, it is a new generation, but it's England. And it's, you know, even if they w- were to make a final or and lose and go on a run, there's just something has people so cynical about that English group. Um, so, look, I, I again look at I look at the look at guys like Harry Kane. I look at Jamie Vardy. Uh, complete injection of youth on that team. Certainly, the imagination of a of a kid like Rashford. Um, the boldness of it is, is Sterling going to be any good? But Sturridge probably won't go because of his. You know, he's picked up another calf strain, but he's looked very good this year with his finishing. They have enough talent that you can stack them up individually against other teams and say, yeah, they could do well here. But you just collectively as a team, they just have nowhere near the cohesion that we see from Italy, Germany, Spain, teams that typically have done well, um, have won championships and have a pedigree. England just always look like a team of individuals who don't know how to play together. And I have no faith in Hodgson that he can change that. Paul Chapman, everyone. How does he really feel? Um, thanks for do- <laughs> thanks for doing this, my friend. Hey, we're gonna do it again very soon. I will. Uh, I will. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, we'll we'll talk again soon, Chappie. Thank Lots you, of sir. soccer to talk about. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> it's Paul Chapman. Those random Rosie throwing it down. Um, Paul Chapman of the Province and Province.com. Final break here on the program. OTP TSN ten forty. Rosie's been uh, killing me tonight. With um, but he got off to such a good start, and then he decided to go Zlatan clip, which he was urged by some people on Twitter, you dicks. And then he starts with Limp Biscuit here. Is this Nookie? Wow, bizarre. Uh, Game of Thrones here on TSN 1040. 
Just about to call it uh, for a night, call it for a week. Okay, Sebastian Jovenko. I, I, you know what? I've rambled about this on Twitter. Um, I did not like the whole situation. You know, th- you know this by now. Him and Pirlo. I want to mention Pirlo too. They get left off the Italian side, the provisional side, no less. The thirty-man roster whittled down to twenty-three tomorrow uh, for Italy Euro twenty sixteen. Not Euro Cup, everyone. It's Euro twenty sixteen. So the thing that bothers me about this whole Jovinko story is how everybody and their um, their pet, their dog, has seemingly come out of the woodwork with these with these scorching hot takes about how Jovinko is pretty much the greatest Italian player that has ever played because of his numbers in Major League Soccer. And it's it was really stunning for me because for nearly all the people that were tweeting and commenting. They don't say a word during the Serie A season. I don't think they watch any Serie A matches. They just based it all on his MLS numbers and how he was the MVP. Now, could Jovinko be there? Because I think some people think that I'm being especially cruel. He could definitely be there, of course. Would he have played a big role? Absolutely not. What people aren't seeing here, though, it seems... Managers have favorites. Every sport, managers or coaches, whatever you want to call them, they have favorites. Antonio Conte, who had him for two years at Juventus, knows Jovinko. He, he came out and said some pretty unfortunate things about Major League Soccer. He's not completely wrong, though. And again, if you look at the lineups in the 10 qualifying matches to Euro you will see that Conte is essentially rewarding the guys that got him and Italy there. And I, it's apparently rocket science for a lot of people. And I, I, I just don't entirely get it. You know, am I going to come out and have a scorching hot take about the Mexico squad that was selected? I'm not going to do that. You know why? I don't follow Mexican soccer closely enough. So, you know, the unfortunate part about all of it is, is the, the, some big-name people across North America who cover Major League Soccer. Just reckless stuff to throw out some numbers because they have big followings. They have their big influence. Reckless stuff from them to throw out these hot takes and then not really back them up. None of them watched Italy-Scotland today. I'll tell you that much. Conte has reasons. That's all I'm saying. Italy is going to be boring, as the kids say, boring AF. At Euro 2016, they are. They're not going to be a pleasure to watch. They're going to grind out results if they can. Anyways, Jovinko got hurt this weekend in TFC's loss to uh, New York Red Bulls. I'm done for the week. Goodbye, everyone. Talk soon. OTP TSN 1040.